song for you. I like it. What are we talking about tonight, boss? A bouncy chair. Hello, and welcome to the podcasting and live streaming channel. I am your host, Shelly Carney. Tonight, we'll be talking about all the technical problems we've been having and how we solve them step by step and how you may do the same thing. Just by hanging out with us, apparently. Did you introduce yourself? I did, but you didn't. Oh, me, Toby. <laughs> I like this one. Do you want to produce a live stream, podcast, and blog to expand your brand and business? Come experience live stream and podcast technology coaching with Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. Every week you'll receive recommendations, reviews, tips and tools to design a live stream video and podcast home studio that will enhance your business and expand your professional online presence. Subscribe today and discover the steps to mastering the technology to create amazing live videos and podcast episodes that will bring you success, fun and fulfillment as you reach the world with your message. All right. Olivia. Huh? Anna. That's Anna. Anna. All right. Olivia will yeah, come at the end. Okay. I think we liked Anna better. So, um, you need to you scooch were, this You were asking off. about that music? Yeah. So, today I was moving it over to the uh, pod track. Yeah. And I accidentally grabbed the wrong one because it was still in the in the uh, assets folder. I grabbed it and I played it, uh, uploaded it, did the whole thing, put it on the SD card, put it in the pod track, played it, and I went, Oh no, no, we're, <laughs> we're not going to go through that. I'm going to deal with that yeah. issue. All right, let me, uh, let me do some banners here, make sure we got that going for us. Who, who are we tonight? The podcasting and live streaming channel. Mm -hmm. That's us. And uh, let's see, on the podcasting and live streaming channel, we would appreciate it if you would like our programming, share it with your family, friends, your neighbors, and uh, subscribe if you're not already a subscriber. We would like the heck out of that. And on the podcasting and live streaming channel, the super chat light is lit. So if you go down to the bottom of your comment screen, you'll see a um, grayed out but stylized dollar sign. Stylized but grayed out dollar sign. Click on that dollar sign. YouTube will walk you through the process of contributing to what we like to refer to as our little project. Okay. Tell me where we're going with this. So... Last week, Windows did an update. And what? You know what I love about life? Let me tell you what I love about life. I love that the fact that every week she comes up with these ideas for these shows and I don't have to worry about it. It's a blessing. You may not know that, but it's a blessing. Okay. So, as I was saying, last week, Windows did an update and it caused numerous problems for us. Foremost for me was my hard drive crashed, which had the system for my computer on it. So it took me a little while to recover. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we had some issues on Toby's computer as well. And with the roadcaster. 
It seemed to be one of those weeks when all the technology was failing. We prayed to the tech gods above and said, you know, please help us. And we went through our list of, you know, checks and balances and trying to make sure that we were following all the steps necessary uh, because this one never gives up. My first step, step one, Honey, my computer's broken. Come Not fix me, it. honey. Her husband, honey. <laughs> yeah. So I tell my husband, fix my computer. Uh, and so he worked on it all week and determined that there was no saving the hard drive, uh, system drive, the C drive. It would have to be replaced. So we did that on the weekend. What do you want to tell him about the Windows update and what it did to our technology? Because you understand... And you understand it better than I do. I just, I just call out for help. So uh, a long, long time ago, Apple wrote an operating system that we knew then as the Macintosh operating system. And what made it advantageous was they built the user interface. The what you see is what you get, WYSIWYG user interface. And they told everybody down that was going to build applications, here's the rules, the APIs, application programming interfaces, the rules that you have to adhere to, but we're going to manage the interface. It's always going to be a Macintosh interface. And to this day, when you open up a Mac, whether it's your laptop or your, you know, an Apple computer product, it's still that interface. It's evolved over the years. Windows tried to do something as interesting, but fell short. They tried to manage the interface, but they left the application programming segment open. And so you could do things, you could interact with the Windows, the operating system interface in a way that you couldn't in any of the computer. What that puts you at risk is assuming you're following all of, uh, of Microsoft's rules when it comes to this stuff, then everything works normally until and and I, I don't know, there every one of these application software developers that do business with either Apple or uh, Microsoft and, and that do business, but I mean, by which I mean build applications to run on those operating systems, probably worries in the same way. You know, when we get a telephone update, a cell phone update, and we go like, oh, what's going to go wrong now? Well, that's how those poor uh, application developers feel. Microsoft says, or, or Apple says it's going to put out an OS update, and they go, oh, my God, what are they changing now? And, and every once in a while, something bad happens, and they all complain. Well, Windows, it is, it is, they make updates to the Windows operating system regularly. Yeah, weekly at least. And we know because because we wake up the next day and our windows looks completely different to us in the sense that, oh, they made an update last night. Well, last week they made an update and uh, it must have affected some products. Now, the one that it affected for us was uh, Vegas, the Sony Vegas video editor. And... 18 uh, Platinum. Right. 
Well, it's the latest version of the video editor. It's their high-end video editor. We've been using it. I have been personally using it since the early 2000s, since it was in version one or two. So I'm very familiar with it. And I can always tell when there's something goofy about it. And we had recorded a video the night before. And my job was to edit the video, trim it up, and then load it to a product that we use online called Vidnami. Well, I started to do what we normally do to this video, and um, no, actually, that, that isn't true. I was putting the equipment away, and mm -hmm. Shelly knows enough about the process that she was going to load it, take care of it. Sh she knows what I do to these videos uh, uh, to make them the best possible video that we have. And she came in here, and I was putting the equipment away from because we actually shoot uh, the teleprompter work in my living room. And uh, I came in to see how she was doing. Well, I called you and I was like, hey, what is this? I'm seeing a green screen. Where did this tell, come tell from? Tell this part of the story because you're, <laughs> you, you know, it was you that kind of prompted this whole process. Yeah, so. I'd never seen that before. I had uploaded our video clip. It's two and a half minutes long, not long, not a big deal, not more than our editing program can normally handle. It's not even in 4K. It's at 1080p. Uh -huh. I upload it and I going to cut off the front and the back just to get the, the edges off. And and then uh, while I was looking for the front edge, I came across a, a green frame. And I'm like, where where is this green frame coming from? So I called Toby in to look at it. And it, what was weird about it is the green happened to be chroma key green. And it was just a single frame. And I thought, don't worry about it. Maybe it was one of the frames. And and here's another thing. The camera that I use to shoot with, uh, or video with, is the same system that I've been using for five or six years now. How long have I had the Lumix? Oh, yeah. At least five or six years. And I use, I have more than one of them. And I use them for everything. Video. Uh, or uh, photo, still image, still or moving images. And I know them back and forth, right? They've never, ever failed me for any reason unless I make a mistake. So uh, I looked at it, and when I saw it, my first reaction was maybe it's just uh, the, the camera did something. It, it didn't ca catch a frame or something, and that's what it put in. I said, let me delete the frame. Let's not worry about it. Let's go ahead with the processing. So uh, we finished up the editing that we were doing and we we're going to render it. And when it started to render, it just went clunky. I mean, it, it just, I don't, the, we, you can watch the render as it's going from frame to frame and it was putting in uh, color overlays and it was just clunky in general. It just didn't look good. And then all of a sudden it quit and it hung up. Uh -huh. Oh, well, that's interesting. So, we at this point I took over and there was a there was a point at which I was trying to get this done and Shelly had to go home. Anyway, it was time for her to get home. So I spent literally the rest of the night doing the troubleshooting. And I'm gonna kind of give you the steps that I went through in order to get to where I got by the next day. So um step one uh is always uh close the product if you can close it, otherwise just use your task manager to end it and then um, restart the product. So I restarted the product, went through the whole process, got the same result. So I closed it. Next step is not only restart the product, but restart the computer, right? It's a Microsoft Windows problem. Let's see if that fixes it. So I 
uh, restarted that problem, restarted um, the computer, uh, restarted the program, brought in the same file that we had been using, tried to do the same thing. And, and what was interesting is uh, the green frame, something that we don't ever see, right? The green frame not only showed up where it initially showed up, but now there was a couple more green frames. And when I'd go to render it, which and black. is and black frames, yeah. yeah. And when I'd go to render it, uh, it would produce the same result. So I thought, okay, what's the next step in troubleshooting? Maybe it's the file. So I took a file, uh, a video that we had shot about two weeks ago that we had already rendered. We had run it through our Vidnami product and it was already uploaded and everything was normal. I mean, it would look like we wanted it to look. So I knew that file, the starting file, was in good shape. So just to be sure, I closed down the program. Oh, and there was a new, there was a new, uh, I was getting a new result with the program. It was starting the render. It would go clunky and then all of a sudden it would stop and I would get a message that said, your computer doesn't have enough memory to finish this render. Please close some of your applications. Well, here's the deal with this computer. It has 32 gigabytes uh, of RAM and it has its own uh, video card, an NVIDIA GPU card that has another 32 gigabytes. Um, and when I checked, whenever I look at what Vegas is doing, it uses, when it's rendering, anywhere from 22 to 30% of the first GPU and about 7% of the second. So, and there were no other applications running. So this was not, I have too many things running, I'm going to stop. That's what it said it was doing. So I thought, okay, uh, let me restart the system, restart the application, bring in file number two, which uh, had already been edited, rendered, put up through Vidnami where the we had our text and our music, and then uploaded to our YouTube channel. So I knew this particular file was in really good shape. I, I uh, put it in, I opened up the application, um, imported the file, made the same modifications and start started the render. And it stopped and told me that it didn't have enough memory. I opened my task manager, looked at memory, 22%. So at this point, I knew there was something wrong with Vegas. And I had to conclude that it was something wrong with uh, only Vegas, but not Windows. I couldn't blame this on Windows just yet. Okay. Stop the computer. Uh, uninstall Vegas. I'm sorry, stop the application, restart the computer, uninstall Vegas, and install, reinstall Vegas. I still have the original ins installation app. So I thought, uh, again, what I'm trying to do is follow up and make sure that my application, there's nothing wrong with my application. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Windows. It's my application that's wrong. So I reinstalled Vegas from scratch, brought the started over again, brought the old file in, file number two, just in case there was something wrong with, I didn't believe there was something wrong with file number one, but I brought in file number two because I was certain there was nothing wrong and the same thing happened. It crashed again. So at this point, I have to assume that that happened to Vegas um, as a result of the Windows update, because Vegas was perfectly normal 
right up until the day before that Windows update. So that left us in a bit of a quandary since that's the editor that we use. My next step was to uh, try two more files, files number three and four, in order to ensure it was Vegas. Then when it did it, Vegas gives you the option of reporting it to them. I reported it to them. I stopped everything and I Google searched, is anybody experiencing problems with Vegas? There were some complaints as recent as within the 24 hours. What's wrong with my Vegas? It keeps crashing. They weren't, there weren't any that were as descriptive as what we were experiencing, but everybody, everybody who was complaining was complaining about the, um, about the crash, uh, uh, that it was crashing on them. There was no response from Sony. Um, so that left me with this interesting problem. I'm on Vegas Pro 18, and I had upgraded from Vegas Studio, which is their uh, light version, 17. Pardon? Movie, Movie Studio. Studio. So I had upgraded from Movie Studio 17 to Vegas 18. Uh, and that was going from not only from light to pro, but from one generation to the next. And that, that 18 was current Vegas. And it was because they offered us some special price. Shelly did the mm -hmm. same thing on her computer. In the meantime, Shelly got her computer back to working. And she I gave her a copy of the same file. And she tried to render it in Vegas 18 and had exactly the same experience. So now we know the problem is, we know that we have a problem with Vegas, but that it is not likely Vegas that is somehow in the relationship between Vegas and that recent Windows update. So uh, I, I have two problems. Number one, I've got a uh, troubleshooting problem that I've got to work through. And you can see the steps that I've gone through. Now, the steps that I've gone through are the result of troubleshooting this kind of stuff. When you're, when you're troubleshooting analog problems, if your film comes out of the developer and it looks wrong, you can blame it on the developer. You can blame it on your timing. You can blame it on things. The problem is that film is gone. As we made the transition into the digital world, um, it made it, it made it easier for us in terms of troubleshooting, but it you had to learn all the possible ways things could go wrong. So over the years, I've learned all the possible things that can go wrong, and I apply a troubleshooting practice to them where I basically start with all the components and test all the components. That's the first thing to do. That includes shutting all the components off, shutting them back on, and that way, you can come to the conclusion. I, I knew from experience that what I was seeing was not a Vegas problem. It was a problem of Vegas running under the new Windows update. And that's because I had gone through that process. Now, I will have to admit, Shelley will tell you this, that when I start one of these things, I get really persistent about it. That, so Shelley left about 10 o'clock on a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday night. And I remember texting her at 6.30 in the morning saying, I, I think we have a Vegas problem and I'm going to bed. Kind of thing. I'll call you later. So I get really persistent. Well, that's not the right word. Is it persistent? Yeah. That, that I, I get a problem. But I work these things out until I find either a solution to the problem or 
I can identify what's wrong. Or a workaround. Or a workaround. Which is what we ended up So with. we ended up, and that's what, that's where, so when I realized I didn't have access to 18, I went back to my file folder of old install packages, and I found, and I didn't found, I knew it was there, uh, Movie Studio 17, and I knew enough about what we were doing that there was nothing in 18 that we were using that wasn't already in 17. So 18 is definitely an enhancement. There's some cool things that they have, but we weren't using them anyway. So I uh, reinstalled, turned off the computer, started the computer again, uh, installed, uninstalled 18, installed 17, re finished the install, restarted the computer, came back to 17, opened it up, and brought file number one into it. I went through it frame by frame for about the first, I don't know, 10 seconds worth. That's uh, 300 frames, no green frames. So that was a positive. Then I made the changes um, uh, that we make to each one of these videos to make it look really good. I made the changes, no problems. And then I decided to do a render. I, I had enough and I did, uh, I rendered that video and it rendered. And I looked at the rendering and it was perfect. So now 17 is working under Windows. What was interesting about 17 is that when I opened it, I hadn't used it in, in a long time since I, since we upgraded to 18. And uh, it said, by the way, there's an update to 17 you don't have. Would you like to download it? And I thought, you know what? I got this thing working right now. <laughs> Let's not even mess with it. And I expect that some at some point we'll get an update from uh, Vegas, from Sony, from Magic's which is the company that does all this for Sony saying that, Oh, we have a, we have a nice update for you. Please download it. And what that should happen within a week. Right. But that was the process that I went through testing each of the components, breaking down, but trying to figure out to, trying to identify, not figure out, trying to identify which of the components was creating the problem. It turned out to be the software. It turned out to be something that I couldn't fix in the software, that it was the software's problem. Uh, and that, as I concluded, it was probably the result of uh, the Windows update. And that's between Sony Vegas and Windows. I can't do anything about that. Fortunately, we did have uh, the backup software. Um, did you end up in reinstalling 17 too? Not yet. Yeah. but. Shelly has the same copy. I was going to wait until this uh, week and see if Windows did Does another, another update. update. And, <laughs> and, and when I, so we bought, so we've had this uh, particular computer. It's a Xeon um, workstation processor with 32 gig and uh, two terabyte hard drive with a video card. And uh, when Shelly was due for another computer, I got her the exact same computer. So that way we know uh, when we install or uninstall a product, that were that the results should be the same, and she tested it. Did I say that already? Where you tested it with eighteen? Yeah, and and she got the same result, the same negative with my result. New drive, right? <laughs> so, so I think there's two things that save us in those cases. Three things. Number one, uh, we don't panic. We don't we don't panic and start running around with our hair on fire. We start looking for ways, and, and and that's something that I've been doing for years. That's the nature of how I behave in these situations. 
uh, not to panic and figure out what the problem is. The second thing is persistence. You can't give up until you solve the problem. And sometimes for me, it's a stay up all night, but that's, I, there's time that doesn't bother me. You know, I could have gone to bed, uh, got up the next morning, showered, shaved, come into the studio and started working the problem. And it would have been just as good because I still at some point have to get some sleep. Um, so that, that's the first thing. Don't panic. Uh, plan your persistence, and then start the process of breaking down each of the components to determine where uh, the problem lies. And once you've identified the problem, decide what you're going to do about it. Is it, is it you know, I, I can't give up on Vegas 18. I paid for it, and I want to use it and have some features that I like. But I'm not going to use it as long as I can't produce uh, results that we need to run our business. So a good alternative was going back to, which is an, maybe a, a good lesson, save all your install packages every time you upgrade to something, save the old ones, uh, because it was having saved those. And I have install packages all the way. I, I was looking at it. I have install packages all the way back to 14. And that's years worth of uh, installs. So had not. I think you said eight, actually. Did it, was it eight? Yeah. I know it's been a long time. Um, but, uh, but, had we, uh, I guess the point that I was going to make is had 17 behaved the, seven, the same way, I would have gone back to 16 and I would have kept going back until I got the result that I wanted. Now, there's a point at which, and I, I couldn't tell you which version it was, there were features in that version, uh, there were features in these versions that those older versions, versions didn't have. So I wouldn't have been able to solve the problem anyway. It 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 didn't work out that way. And I would have probably tried back to a certain point at which, you know, to, uh, back to the version that didn't have those features anyway. So, um, so it was disappointing because we have, you know, I, I have a really a 20 year, 20 plus year, well, not 20 plus, probably 20 year relationship with Sony Vegas. And uh, it's my editor of choice. I've tried other editors and, uh, the interface just isn't as comfortable for me as the Sony. And you you know, you all know how that feels when you get comfortable with one product. So it was a disappointment to see that they were having a problem and that it wasn't something I could fix. It was something that they had to fix and I have to wait until they do that. But uh, again, the keys are don't, don't panic, commit to the solution, break down all the components until you can identify which component is broken and then uh, figure out a workaround, right? Replacement or workaround. Now, one of the workarounds that we tried with my hard drive, because we first assumed that it was the Windows update that made it so that the drive wouldn't wouldn't boot up the computer anymore. So we tried to go back uh, to do uh, restore back uh -huh. to the old uh, Windows up last Windows update, um, and. I don't know if you can explain how that's done. So so one of the things that you can do is if you have a bad Windows update or if you have a Windows update that causes one of the uh, a problem with a, a program that you're used to using, like we did in the case of Vegas, one of the options I could have taken was I could have gone to Windows and I would have told it in the BIOS, you can actually change this. You can say to it, don't open with this current version of Windows. Go back to this version of Windows. And I would have gone back to the version of Windows that I knew was working in this case with Vegas. Now that means I would have missed some of the updates they made, but I didn't see anything as I went through what they did in Windows. They were mostly security updates. 
I didn't see anything that related to application programming or, or, you know, application utilization. So there was something about one of those security updates that, that changed the way that Vegas behaved. It didn't change the way my computer behaved for me, but if I had wanted to, I could have gone back and, and windows does the same thing. If you look at your windows folders, you'll see all those updates you know, for several months until it decides it doesn't have enough room. And you could go back to that, uh, the previous update, and you could restart your computer with that version of Windows, making the problem go away. You guys couldn't do that because you lost that drive. Yeah, it just it just stopped working. And yeah. we looked at it, and it's from 2014. And right. so we figured it was just too old to be. To go back to. Yeah, that was playing with fire at that work. point. And so we spent the $50 and bought a new uh, C drive. Yeah. And, uh, the, the, all of my documents and, um, information I save on my D drive. Uh -huh. Uh, so it's separated out. The C drive is what has operating system and, um, programs. Uh -huh. So I had to re re download and install several programs. But once that's done, uh, of course, it's recognized as a whole different computer right, now. Yeah. So I have to sign back into a whole bunch of things and go through those security protocols to get into accounts that either are mine or we share. Uh -huh. uh, so that's always another ordeal. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll get back to normal soon. Now, it was difficult for me because... I was off my computer for several days, so I got a little behind on certain things like um, my blog and uh, a couple of online meetings that I had to miss. I could have done through my phone, but I just didn't feel like it, <laughs> so I didn't do it <laughs> uh, because I thought, you know what, I these are not that important to me that I'm going to stress over it, so uh, that's what I did, and... Uh, now they have the new hard drive and things are working well again. Uh, we had one other issue that we're going to discuss about a piece of equipment that we use. Yeah, let's go to the uh, hardware side of all this. Hold on. That was the software side. Let me, I'm going to get something from the uh, equipment closet. Hold on. So today we're using a different audio uh, source. We're using the Zoom PodTrack. Um, luckily, we had it. So uh, we have backups. You know, we have backups for things. We have backups so for backups. So when, when something fails, uh, you know, half an hour before our show is going to start, we usually can install a backup solution quickly so that we can stay on track with what we've promised to our audience. So uh, you hear me talk about it all the time. I talk about our audio um interface it's called it's made by road and it's called the roadcaster pro i'm going to change the screen over here so you can see it well i'm going to i'm going to show you something uh, first so we've been using that for over three years now and i literally became like it it's like vegas it became my favorite product and the more i learned about it the more i loved it the more updates they had it's a digital mixer so they can update the firmware and you get cool things with it every time they update it and so when i and and it's a big investment you can buy a four channel mixer uh, analog mixer for 80 or 90 bucks off amazon 
And that's what we had done. Like other people, we had been doing that for years. But when this digital mixer came out, I thought, we've got to have this and we'll just allow it to grow with this. There's going to be upgrades uh, uh, that they're going to do to the firmware. So it's going to continue to improve. It's built by road. So it's guaranteed for at least one year. They give you another, if you register, they give you another year. Well, I've had it for over three years now. We've had it for over three years. And uh, one of the things that we wanted to get away from was having to wear the headsets. Now, I happen to be okay with that because I've always done this. So I've always done uh, this kind of recording. But I know that Shelly uh, would prefer not to have to use it. And she doesn't have to worry about it when we're doing this together. She can hear me without the headset, right? So I ordered a couple of uh, lavalier microphones, right? So that we could use and not have to worry about the headset. The microphone would fit here. It would be out of the way. And there were two empty uh, XLR inputs on the Rodecaster that we could use to manage them. We'd never even have to unplug them. We would just make the choice. Do we have, for example, if we had a guest, we need to have the headsets. Uh, otherwise, we can't hear the guest. Uh, we'd, we could put them through the speaker, but then you guys could hear them and there'd be some terrible echo going on. So, but when we don't have a guest, there's no need for the headsets. We can hear each other. We're having a conversation, right? Shelly and I, when, we're, when we have the set headsets on, we actually hear each other through the headsets. Okay. So I went and got these lavalier microphones, ordered them from Amazon. They're very good microphones. They're made by a company called Movo. They're uh, cardioid mics, so they only pick up the audio from right here. And they're good. Now, they're not as good as the microphones on this Audio-Technica headset. Uh, and that's because these headsets were specifically designed for uh, sports broadcasters, guys in a stadium or a you know, a football stadium or a basketball stadium time to announce the game and they couldn't pick up any other noises. So, Shelly will tell you, I'm just a big fan of these. We have four of them, right? Backups, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to switch over and I'm going to share my screen with you. And this is our Rodecaster Pro, okay? And you can see the controls. It has four input microphone input controls right here. This is the relationship. This is the audio that controls the relationship between the roadcaster and the computer. Everything's going in and out from the roadcaster and the computer. And that way, when I play a video from YouTube, you can hear it. And that's the control for it, right? That's also the control if I have a guest and I want to uh, moderate, modulate their audio, I can do it there. This is a plug-in phone. This is a source for a plug-in. If you want to plug your phone in, this is if you want to use your phone Bluetooth, and this is the audio control for the sound pads. Those are the sound pads, all right? On the back, in order for those inputs to work, they have what are called XLR inputs and quarter-inch phono outputs and a set of uh, studio monitor speaker cables. So we have studio monitors mounted up here that if we want to, if we want to, if we're working and we don't want to have our headset on and we want to hear what's going on, we just use the studio monitors. Here's the connection for an SD card. So there's an SD card plugged in there if I want to start recording. And this is the connection to the computer power. This is the on off switch. All right. So we are plugged into, Toby is plugged into number one input. Shelly is plugged into number two out input. I'm plugged into number one output and Shelly's plugged into number two. 
Three and four we have uh, available to us, and the only time we've ever used it is when we had a guest. Uh, Cynthia Meacham came in one time and was our guest, and we just plugged her into that. She didn't need the audio because she was talking with us. All right. So I thought to myself, I thought since I have these new microphones there, as I said, XLR inputs, I'll just plug them into three and four and we'll just keep them there. And the way that I'll control them is you can see down here, there are red light buttons, those uh, buttons with the speaker on them. I can just turn them off. So if we're using the headsets, I can turn off the two microphones. If you're using the microphones, I can turn off the two headsets. Well, that was my plan. So we went ahead and installed them in three and four, and then we went back and we thought to ourselves, well, we didn't think to ourselves as a part of the process. Let's test them out to see how they sound. And so um, we turned off the headsets. Now, right down here, you'll see a headphone monitor. So I plugged in another set of headphones there, took off the headset, Shelly and I, uh, uh, hooked up the lavalier mics on uh, on each of us, and I started testing the audio. And I was testing the audio by turning off the other uh, headsets to make sure there was no echo from them, and then turning these on, and then adjusting the sliders. And I noticed right away that my microphone was, the volume was very, not just low, but very, very low in comparisons to Shelly's volume, and the sliders were in the same location. So I started raising mine until I was at the top of the um, of the range. I couldn't go any higher than that. And it, my volume was still lower than Shelly's, which is unusual because normally what I have to do is turn my volume down in order to be comparable with uh, Shelly. And I could see here on the monitor screen, because it monitors it digitally, uh, that it was lower. I thought, Ugh, I got a bad microphone. I'm going to have to send it back. So we knew, again, we had a problem. So I started the troubleshooting process. Uh, the first step in the troubleshooting process. Now, one of the things that we've learned about Windows is that it makes decisions about your sound levels independent of whatever you're doing. And just to prove that to you, I'm going to open this window up and I'm going to show it to you. This is the Windows sound control card, All right? It's like a control panel. And it you tell it what you want. So I, right now I have the headphone set in. And if I go to, uh, if I click on that headphones and ask for properties, it gives me a new window. Oh, you can't see us there, can you? Hang on, I need so Shirley can see what I'm doing here. There we go. So it gives us a new uh, window. It gives me some general information, generic audio. It says Zoom P4 audio, and I'll explain why it's showing you that right now. Then it shows levels, and uh, these are uh, these are headphone levels. There is on occasion where we won't be able to hear out of our headphones, and it's because it's changed that level. I would prefer, I no, not I would prefer. I demand that I have control of the levels. That way I control them here. Every once in a while, it will decide to do that. So one of the routines that we have before every time we start a show is I check the levels, not only for the headphones, close that. If I go to recording, here's the Zoom P4, show the properties, and there's the levels. And as you can see, 
the levels have dropped down to 31. I can't change that right now because if I did, it's going to sound like this. Watch. Three, four. <laughs> so it'll make these arbitrary changes without you even knowing it. So again, one of our pre-show processes is to make sure that um, those levels are at 100, and that gives me complete control of levels on the, in this case. Did that change the first one? No. No. Okay. We're fine. Um. So is your what you should be able to hear. attenuating, by the way? It is attenuating. Did you that's notice right. that? Yeah. So it must be something in there because that's the, the P4. There's some sort of limiter yeah. that's happening. So uh, I can hear it too when I okay. get a little bit too loud. So yeah, yeah that's the model of P4. So uh, I started the process of uh, troubleshooting it. The first thing that I did was I turned everything off. I turned off the roadcaster. I turned off the computer. I started the computer again. I went to the sound uh, sound control panel and made sure the levels were at 100 so I didn't have to deal with any weird changes there. Now, when I found the problem with channel number three where I was plugged in, that's the first thing I checked. But started the process uh, new, okay? Uh, so once I had restarted everything, I listened to each of them. By this time, Shelly was doing something else so she didn't have to go through this. So I listened to each one of them. Uh, microphone three, the, the microphone that plugged into three was still low. So I unplugged that microphone. I took Shelly's microphone in four and plugged it into three. It was low. I plugged my microphone from three into four and it was fine. I took and, and I was playing with it to see what was wrong. So I tried uh, plugging in the microphones, these microphones, which we, again, we've been using for years now. So I know exactly how to behave. And it was the same thing. The This window right here is actually a touch screen and that settings gear right there. I went through the settings uh, for each of the microphones and uh, made sure that they were exactly the same. There's only one difference. These microphones are dynamic, not condenser, and they don't require 48 volt phantom power. These microphones are condenser and require 48 volt phantom power, which the road will provide, right? So I made sure everything was plugged into the right place and I tried it again. And sure enough, volume on number three was uh, down. So I contacted Rode, I think it, that was after. So the next day I contacted Rode, I got their technical support. Um, I started talking to them and uh, he said, how long have you had it? I told him and he said, tell me what you've done to come to this conclusion. So I'd literally spent the next half hour explaining my troubleshooting process, everything that I've tried, and how I could easily come to the conclusion that it was there was something wrong with the volume control, the digital volume. It's not the slider. The slider is doing what it's supposed to do. The digital part of it, there's something wrong with that. It could have always been that way, although I don't recall that. We just didn't use it enough to be able to uh, compare the differences. So, um, so. Uh, I got them to agree that um, that it was 
uh, channel number three, that there was something wrong with channel number three and that they would have to fix it. So my next question was, how much is that going to cost me? Because if I if it costs me more than $600 with shipping and everything, I'll just buy a new one, right? Not that I'd prefer it to be that way. And he said, when did you buy it? And I, I told him and he said, did you register it? I said, yes. And he said, give me your, the name under which you the email address. So he found it. And he said, oh, you're way out of warranty, even though you registered it. When you, you get one year worth of warranty, whether you register or not. If you register, you get an additional year worth of warranty. And um, he said, yeah, you're out of both the uh, first year and the second year, but I'll write you an RA anyway. And what that, an RA is a return, I forgot what the A stands for, return, acknowledgement, something. Mm. It's basically an agreement that says, send us your um, roadcaster and we will either fix it or send you a new one. So, but what made me confident that, or, or what gave him the confidence to do that was the troubleshooting process that I described to him where I did everything possible uh, to figure out exactly where it was and that it was a problem, not with our microphones, not with our connections, not with our, you know, power levels, our, our windows, anything. It was, it, we nailed it down to the volume, the digital volume control on channel three. And I think that's what gave him the confidence to say, okay, don't worry about the warranty, just send it in. So I packaged it up, it, I, the insurance uh, between the package, I'm sorry, between the uh, shipping and the insurance, it was like 34 bucks. So, and I'm going to have to wait uh, to get that. Uh, and they'll make the decision about whether to repair it or they could send me another one that either is new or refurbished. And I'm okay with that because I love this product so much. And I, I've done so much business with Rode that uh, I trust that they'll, uh, they'll do the best possible thing. Thankfully, uh, they're actually an Australian company. And thankfully, they have a California, or a California office where all this stuff is done. But they were very polite. Um, they'll send it back. They'll, pay for, uh, they'll send one back. They'll pay for shipping. It shouldn't take that long, I'm going to guess. I'm hoping one week, but it'll take one week to get there. So then they'll need a couple of days to look through it as they get to it. And then I figure by three weeks, I'll get my Broadcaster Pro back. So the big question then is, what do we do in between? Well, uh, one of the things that I hope Shelly can back up is that whenever I buy a piece of equipment, I always do it in the context of a number of reasons. Do we need it? How long do we need it? How much will we use it? And uh, can it act as a backup in any 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 conditions? The roadcaster that you're looking at, wow, it really is attenuating, isn't it? The roadcaster, I'll see if I can moderate my voice here, modulate my voice. Um, the roadcaster is a $600 piece of equipment, but we wanted something more portable. So I'm going to go back to my Amazon short store here. And here in the podcasting thing, this is the Zoom PodTrack P4. And uh, I wish, I wish, I don't think the cables are loose enough to show you in the, let's see. That's it. It's a little tiny piece of equipment. I actually have it installed 
at an angle in what's designed to hold a cell phone. That's how compact it is. And uh, we got it so that if we wanted to do any interviews in the field, it was perfect for that. Zoom is another company that I've, uh, Tascam, Zoom, and Rode are my audio companies. Uh, and I had several Zoom products. I have had and have several Zoom products. And this looked like a good solution. It has four inputs, four outputs, and it has um, four sound pads. And it also has a Bluetooth adapter so that if you wanted to take, if you wanted to include uh, someone else in your call that was calling in on your cell phone, you could do that. So not only was it a good field recorder, but there was a point at which when you consider the, the amount of, of, uh, of uh, what do they go with? Well, land, land space, what do they call it? Acreage. There's a word that they use. Space on my desktop that real I get estate? back. Real estate. That I get back on my desktop. It's pretty amazing. So um, I packed up the road after we finish all our shows, our last show was on Friday afternoon. I did uh, I did a World Sand project on Friday. Packed it up, took it to the post office on Saturday, and I didn't realize it, but the post office is not open on Saturdays anymore. So I took it in and shipped it on a Monday, and I just got a – Alec is the guy that I'm dealing with, and I just got a message saying, we got your uh, shipping thing, and we have your RA number. We'll let you know when we get it. So in the meantime, I had to look for a solution, so I plugged in – the P4, and interestingly enough, it has kind of the same things. Uh, it was, we decided to use it with these headsets, so I had to get a couple of audio adapters, but it has four XLR inputs, the Bluetooth input, the interface to the computer, it has everything that I needed. The difference was it only had four sound pads um, instead of the eight that are on the Roadcaster. And here's, not that I need to bring this up, Rode just did a, uh, an update where um, you could have eight sets of eight sound pads uh, because they did it's digital. They're just amazing. This, you, you, I can honestly say that if you decide to go with a Rodecaster Pro, you will have this piece of it. It will outlast you in terms of equipment just because of the digital design. And it works with firmware uh, and it's not analog. So it, it's a wonderful, I, I could recommend this product uh, forever and ever because it's that kind of product. Now, if you needed something smaller, because you can buy the Zoom P4 for 200 bucks plus 50 bucks for the Bluetooth. So that's 250 bucks for kind of the same functionality. And you can hear the audio. Now, I forgot to, the one thing that you're hearing and Shelly noticed, I had noticed it earlier, but I didn't say anything, is my voice is uh, attenuating. That means it's got a limiter on it. And so when I start getting loud, it makes sure I don't get too loud and it brings it down automatically. But I'm just loud. And so <laughs> in order not to hit the limiter, I'm having to speak very softly for, for uh, me. But it was a nice fill-in. Uh, as you can see, it has four inputs down here. Down here, you'll see are the four uh, audio. Now, they're not quarter-inch phono. They're um, 3.5 millimeter or one-eighth inch phono. And uh, I got some adapters. So we're using the same headsets uh, with it. And... Um, it's working nice. It works on uh, AA batteries, but when you use the USB, it's a USB-C connector to the computer uh, so that it has that computer interface. Uh, it uh, powers it as well. So let me let me show you one of the 
things that is really cool. It's not on that one. So right here, you'll see uh, you can either uh, you can either use a DC five volt, which is the same as your phones and things like that, or you can plug it into your computer for uh, USB interface and power connection. It also has an SD card input, so if you wanted to record. It could record for you. What's really, really cool is it records all the tracks separately, including the if you had music or uh, intros and outros on the uh, on the uh, sound pads. It records everything separately and then puts it. In, uh, it's just amazing when it comes to that. So it's a pretty cool product. Strongly recommended too. But I wanted to show you here. Touch this. So here you can see the controls for each of the inputs. And of whether you're using uh, those two symbols represent a condenser mic versus a, a dynamic or, or a dynamic mic versus a condenser. That little lightning bolt indicates that it requires 48 volt, uh, 48 volt phantom power. Now that 48 volts sounds like weird. Why 48 volts? However, it produces it. It's not going to shock you. It's not that level of voltage. I guess it's amp it's low, very low amperage. But if you all you have to do to use it is switch that button over, then you'll see right here. I can't do both. On track number three, on input number three, it has a dynamic microphone, a condenser microphone, and then a cell phone. And that's the one that you would use if you had a cell phone connected via the Bluetooth, uh, via Bluetooth, and then. Uh, number four is uh, dynamic condenser and then the audio interface to the computer. And you can see if I turn this down, it'll turn my audio down because I'm going through the, you'll, it'll, you'll hear it on your end, going through the computer. So it's a very capable piece of equipment. It's, it's you know, kind of nice to have that in background. Like I said, it frees up my, my real estate. Now, when I get my roadcaster back, uh, I will switch them out. But a, a good alternative, if you're trying to run a studio, um, is this Zoom Podtrack P4. I could highly recommend it. I mean, we're using it. And I just didn't set the attenuation. I'll, I'll make sure that by next show, we have that fixed. Oh, kind of pushed us into using it. Uh, so we brought all of this up tonight so that we could share with you that uh, we do use a lot of technology. We have evolved over the years and uh, what we use. Um, we've gone anywhere from big cameras in the television studio uh, down to, you know, a, a webcam or, uh, you know, we have the, the Zoom and, you know, a stream yard. Where, you know, uh, where we started was with the switcher and recording uh, and editing. Yeah. Well, even even when we were doing the talk show in the studio, in the TV studio, um, a lot that was all prepared so that we didn't have to do much in the way of editing. Yeah, right? no, that, that's what the technical director does for right. you, right? So the technical director is holding uh, using that switcher to basically do the a real time edit so that the finished product, because you are recording, right? And so that the finished product is something that you don't have to go to editing with, except to probably trim the front and the back a little bit. Right. Uh, but if you don't have the benefit of four cameras and, you and know, a crew and a, crew <laughs> and a studio yeah. and a, a quiet room, you know, insulated by double pane glass with a switcher and a technical director that knows what he's doing uh you'd have to you'd have to 
uh, edit. Now you'd have four different videos to edit from. But the point being that we have a lot of experience, uh, Toby, especially in setting up studios, troubleshooting equipment, making sure everything works well together, integrates. Um, He's built studios from the ground up, filling them with uh, lighting and cameras and audio and uh, all the technology that's necessary to create a talk talk show on television for one thing. Um, and then we do it today with our YouTube studio. So we have that background. We have that experience. Oh, but well. the most important thing I think that we offer that not everybody does is that ability to troubleshoot. You You come to us and you say, I've got this microphone that I can't figure out how it works and it's not working right. We will work with you. We will walk you through step-by-step until it does work. That's something that we offer our clients and uh, it's something that we're good at. Um, Is this a good time for our commercial? Yeah, I thought it was a good time. (laughs) All right, let me go back over here. So we made a little commercial to just kind of share with you what it is that we do and how we can help. Have you ever had a fantastic idea for a Facebook group, YouTube channel, podcast, online course, workshop, or an entire business, but gave up on it because of the online technology involved in making it happen? Or have you started the process only to find it requires an incredible amount of time, effort, and expense to create valuable digital content? Investing in this kind of social media content creation often means you use up all your resources wrangling technology instead of working with clients or sharing your message. Hi, I'm Shelley Carney with AGK Media Studio, your online solution to live streaming or recording video and audio presentations. The AGK Media Studio can put you in front of your audience immediately and eliminate the confusion and frustration of every erratic social media platform and unpredictable software integration. When you produce your videos with AGK Media Studio, you're the expert producer and we're your crew. We're here to support you and handle all the tech so you can focus on your topic and your audience. With our streamlined process, there's no editing necessary and your videos are ready as soon as you finish your presentation. Working with us means you can produce consistent, high-quality, live, interactive online videos now, today. We take care of the tech with our VIP service and give you a professional look that inspires admiration and respect. It starts with preparation. We will validate and certify your home office and branding for professional video best practices. Next is the production phase, where we record your presentation while embedding your branding and music into your video for a polished finish. Then, when you finish recording, you'll immediately receive video and audio files ready to upload to your channel or online teaching platform. What would it mean for your business if you could complete and upload all the video materials you need in just a few hours? Schedule a consultation call with AGK Media Studio today and let's start live streaming or recording your video tomorrow. All right. Good promo. Yeah. That was actually, I got to 
quit yelling at this thing. That was actually the video that was causing us the issues with Vegas that uh, that we couldn't get past until uh, we stopped using Vegas 18. So, yeah. uh, but as Shelly said, it's all about the ability to troubleshoot it. Uh, we have a lot of experience uh, troubleshooting, not that we have a lot of problems, but because problems as you migrate from one platform or one environment to the next, you're experimenting. You know, this studio was set up and we had a very good idea of how it was going to work, but we had to work out the bugs before it, it uh, uh, before we were comfortable with it. And even now, <clears throat> after years, we've been here in this studio now for two years, suddenly one of the systems that we relied upon, that we trusted, that we had experience, failed. And uh, so you have to be able, and, and that's a big piece of equipment in all of this. That's the main audio control for everything that we do. And so you have to figure out what to do then. And that's what troubleshooting is all about, determining what's causing the problem, which of the components. And I want to go back to that example that Shelly used. Um, and I'm not even sure how we got her. I think she was one of your group members, one of your networking the lady with the microphone. Oh, yeah. She's in my coaching group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned that uh, that she was having a problem with her microphone and that it was based on, uh, you know, the microphone that somebody recommended for her and she hadn't been able to get it to work right. And everybody was telling her that she sounded worse now than she did before. And I felt like uh, Shelly was wise enough to say, oh, let's sit down with us for a while. We'll We'll, uh, you know, we'll set up a call and we'll work it out with you. And I think, I don't know, it was 15, maybe 20 minutes as we walked her through. It was a, it was a uh, Blue Yeti microphone, which is a pretty highly regarded microphone. But it was all about the settings and, the, uh, and how she was using it. And we fixed that for her. And by the time we were done, she had a really good experience with her Blue Yeti microphone. And she was, you know, she realized that was the sound that she wanted uh, to start with. So, um We've just done this so much, both, I was going to say, not only do you take all that studio experience, but you take all that uh, live streaming experience that we did for organizations out in the field. That was a lot of troubleshooting. I mean, There's every- a lot of moving parts, and if they don't integrate well together, then you are going to have problems. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not going to work. And I think one of the important things that we offer to our clients is we can tell you where to start and we can tell you uh, what, you know, based on the size of your uh, desired investment, you, you know, we felt if you say, oh, all I've got is $500, we can tell you how to put together a live streaming studio on $500 or less. Um, if you want to spend a little bit more, we'll make some other recommendations for you, but we know what works because we're not going to recommend anything to you that we haven't used ourselves that we don't have experience with ourselves. Yeah. Although we can help you even if we haven't had experience. We didn't have a Blue Yeti before. Right. But we researched it, got it done. All right. What's the rest of the week look like for all us? All right. I want to thank you all for being here tonight and for uh, checking out technology troubleshooting. Tomorrow on Messages and Methods, we're going to get more deeply into the technology that Toby has experienced in his lifetime, why he used it, what he used, how it worked and sometimes didn't work and what he did when it didn't work. We're going to get into the history of that and uh, tell some stories. Thursday, we'll get into the setup for an Encore Entrepreneur online business owner. What do you need? Uh, What don't you need? And uh, what do you do if things aren't working well together? 
and we'll talk about the integration of different pieces of equipment and software and what works best for the online entrepreneur. Anything else? I don't know. I think we have something planned for Friday. Oh, Friday. Sorry. I forgot because Toby does this by himself and it's his passion. He's going to be bringing back and he did bring it back on Friday. Friday's at one o'clock world sand project. He'll be unboxing and demonstrating another piece of microscopic equipment. <laughs> micro microscopic equipment. Little tiny, tiny, tiny little box unboxing. Yeah. Actually, it's a big box like that. Uh, I'm going to be unboxing a, an Amscope T 490B, which is my primary compound microscope. And I just recently replaced the old one with the new one. So you're going to get the benefit of that. All right. All right. I think that's, whoa, that attenuation is making yeah. me crazy. Yeah, me too. I hope it doesn't <laughs> sound as bad to you guys as it does to me on this end. <laughs> right. I'll have it fixed by two. I'll, I'll have it fixed by tomorrow night. All right. I think that's everything. All right. We'll see you all tomorrow. And thanks for being with us.